and welcome back to Embodied Millions. This is Danielle Margraff. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I've been up since four and I'm just about to get ready to bring everyone to school and start my day. But I've been pondering on this idea of girl bossing versus girl resting. And I've been doing lots of reading and research and just educating myself on this idea of rest and how there's this inner conflict or struggle sometimes around the idea that girl bossing, right, comes with this urgency, this fire, this gotta get it done. And girl resting comes with this idea of, I think, sometimes slowing down to the point of stopping or this idea of napping all the time (laughs) or this idea of just being in a state of non-action. And I'd like to put a different spin on it. So um, obviously, I speak from my own perspective and I speak from just being me as well as, you know, educated in the somatic world as well as being, um, you know, many years in the coaching space. And what I have come to really notice is that there is definitely an urgency that needs to be available to us sometimes around getting things done, around moving forward, around, you know, um, doing things that we might not want to do, but we'd obviously be willing to do if we want the results that we want. And a lot of times um, I will talk about how My earlier years in single motherhood were wrought with tons of stress and survival and poverty. And while that's very true, that because of that, there was a definite urgency, right? A a very survival urgency of getting my shit together and figuring out why I couldn't make money or keep money. And so I actually credit uh, single motherhood in a lot of ways to push me out of my comfort zone because not only did I want to make money, but I didn't want to not be with my kids. And so instead of choosing one or the other, which is what I was being pressured to do from the outside, right? Uh, get a job. You have a master's degree. Get a job. Put the kids in daycare. That's what people do, right? That's what was being said to me. Okay. I in my body because body knows, could not do it. I couldn't do it. I, I just knew that it wasn't, I was not doing that. And it required a lot of soul searching on my part, as well as a lot of internalized shame that I wasn't doing it, quote, the right way. And so it forced me to look at just not black or white answers, but what could I create, right? And there was an urgency to create this. There was an urgency to create whatever this was going to be because 
I needed another solution that no one was giving me. And so because I have a deep faith and belief that we have the power that runs through us and within us and around us, it didn't dawn on me that there wasn't another solution. It just was my job to find it. So urgency in that case is, was I thought, and I still think it was, it was imperative and it pushed me out of my comfort zone of just going with what I would say would have been probably more of a nervous system, um, you know, regulated thing, right? Which is like, get the job, you'll be able to survive, you'll have the money on one hand, but then being in constant worry about my kids on the other hand, right? Because they were somewhere I didn't want them to be. So, and I should also say that one of the reasons I didn't want them to be in daycare was because I was operating from a trauma response from as a teenager. And in my mind, if you can't talk and tell me what's going on, I don't trust anybody, right? So there's lots of things around that. There's lots of layers to this, right? So I'm not saying this as a right or wrong or yes or no or uh, in judgment or in criticism. I'm just sharing my own experience because I just want you to be able to have an opportunity to try it on, you know, try on some of these concepts and ideas for yourself. And so after coming out of right having this urgency, which I believe was really pertinent to my own success in some ways, right? Because it, it really taught me so much about who I am and what I can create and that there isn't just this answer or that answer. Like if you want something different, there is something else out there, but it's our job to really look for it, to find it, to create it. And for me, that was, I'm going to open this business. I had um, a, a slight entrepreneurial spirit, not because I knew anything about business, but because I know that I don't want anyone telling me what to do. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's personality or if that's trauma, <laughs> but don't tell me what to do. Um, I'll do what I want. Uh, don't tell me how long I can eat for at lunch. Don't tell me, you know, what time I, I hate, you know, clocking in, right? So I would say I have an entrepreneurial spirit because I have more of a free spirit and I don't want to be boxed in, locked in, stuck. Um, I want to be free. I want to, I want my day to be what I want it to be. Uh, so, so there's that. The other piece to this, right, is that, um, there is a, you know, there is an action that always needs to be taken, right? And, you know, you often might hear something around inspired action or, um, you know, uh, aligned action as the thing that we have to be in some sort of action to move things forward. Um, what I really discovered, especially around like the London trip, uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about that I was able to um, manifest and create a London, a London trip in four days, right? Like literally um, got the, pa- I didn't have a passport. I didn't even have, I didn't even apply. And I um, was able to pull that off and, that was completely spirit working with me, completely spirit working with me, being able to do that 
Friday making the call to the state, Monday night being on a plane to London. I mean, that is still very surreal to me. What I what I learned during that experience is I was compelled to move forward. I wasn't forced. It wasn't it wasn't like this overthought thing. It was a it was a compelling feeling inside me to move to the next step, to move to the next step. And what was really interesting is there was only one step at a time, right? You're working with the state department, you're working with government agency, you're working you your hands are sort of tied. You can only do what you can do. And so there was a lot of equally compelling action and or um uh, yeah, compelling action, right? Compelled to move forward this. And there was also equal rest time, like lots of waiting, lots of waiting, you know, waiting hours for answers, waiting hours for responses, waiting hours to see if that passport was actually going to come through. So I say this because only spirit right, in my mind, could be on the other, you know, on the other side of this, working through people to help me make this happen. And it was my desire and my vision. And it was only one step at a time. I didn't like, you know, I imagined being on that plane, you know, cheering and waving at everyone and going, I did it, you know, but it wasn't that I had any control. So that's sort of the action part. Now, Let's move over to the rest, to this idea of being in more rest. You know, originally when I started playing with this concept and idea of rest, it was sometime last year, um, I, I had this thought that rest meant more naps, more sleep, more not doing. And while I think it can mean that, and it does mean that, um, it can also mean more not hustle, more not push, more not getting dysregulated to make things happen, and to honoring the loyalty of your body's capacity and desire versus the forcing that I think we're all used to being in because we live in a frenzied world. We live in a world of, um, I, I think there's a lot of scarcity and fear. There's a lot of lack. There's a lot of, um, complaining about the unfair. And I'm talking about masses, right? There's a lot of pain and suffering. There's a lot of heartache. Um, death, uh, you know, I was actually just watching, um, a, a video on people crossing the finish line at New York City Marathon. And I mean, people were, I mean, kissing the ground and crying. And one guy proposed as soon as he crossed the finish line. Um, whew, I'm getting like teary just talking about this. The range and the, and the, the humankind, um, hugging each other, cheering for each other is such a contrast to what's happening in the world right now, right? Where, um, I just read that, you know, 10,000, um, deaths and 4,000 were children, right? I mean, 
the the stark contrast of um, what's happening in the world is really just sort of, it's like a mind fuck, really. It, it's just like, is this even real? It's like surreal in some ways, um, in a lot of ways. And so I don't claim to be an expert on history or religion or war or any of that. What, But what I am saying around this idea of rest is can we find a place in our bodies that we can access and anchor into that has some spaciousness, has some softness, has some um, sort of yummy, gooey, relaxed state that doesn't necessarily push us forward like the fire, but really grounds us deep into the earth, right? Like a fertile soil, like really soft and earthy and rich, right? Can we find those spaces or the space within us and learn to access that as we move through the world, as we move from one task to another and really be able to honor the sacredness of our moments. And what I know is that environment uh, is more influential uh, and and really does influence more than genetics. And so if you find yourself sort of tapped out by tapping into environments that are frenzied and fast and frantic and fearful, right? And that's subjective, obviously. Can you, do you have the opportunity to tap out so you can tap into you in your fertile soil of being in this restful place and doing it as a way of honoring the loyalty to what you require as a way of I will no longer tolerate or endure being swept away by the energies that are no not going to serve me right and not being persuaded or influenced or pushed by you know all the information out there but really finding some stillness some steadiness within yourself right so it doesn't mean we don't move but it means that we move in a way that creates a harmony that is to your melody, you know, not to you creating coherence and, you know, regulating with another, you know, that co-regulation that might not work for you, but creating that for yourself and Maybe spending more time in silence or stillness or softness, being in rest, right? And so literally practicing this when you're driving, practicing this when you're moving from one, 
you know, thing to another. Practicing this when you are, um, you know, wanting to create something. And so just, again, speaking from someone who has a lot of fire, right? Uh, this is my, this is my medicine. What I'm sharing with you is just part of my own journey and my own medicine of finding these places and spaces within myself and returning to them time and time again, because, um, I can go, get very caught up in girl boss, you know, and make the money and, you know, get the million and find my way and I'm going to be victorious. And that's all still very exciting to me. There's nothing about that to me that feels bad or wrong. And to do it in a way that feels grounded and rooted and solid and steady feels even better. It doesn't feel like a whirlwind of wild, crazy, you know, energy, which listen, we could all, I think, get swept up by that. Um, you know, just even things like traveling a lot or, you know, living, living out of a suitcase or, you know, being around a lot of people, um, not, you know, foregoing rituals or practices that you know are supportive, uh, that nourish you, right? We can all get caught up, whatever that is for us. Uh, I think that what I really want to stress is that there is no right or wrong or good or bad. It's a choice of how we want to move in the world. It's a choice of what fills us up, what feels fulfilling to us. And I think that what I've seen a lot of is this idea of, um, you know, one is right and one is wrong. One is better and one is less than. And I don't feel that way. You know, I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm all of it, right? And just like in my practice, right, in my with my clients, I say all of you is welcome here, all of you. When I uh, facilitate circle on retreats and I facilitate circle and, you know, I, I, I am, I, I'm a red tent women's group facilitator. I became a certified, um, facilitator to hold circle, uh, and almost 10 years ago. And, um, you know, in the lineage of the red tent. And one of the things that I love about, uh, doing that work is that everyone, their whole self is welcomed, right? And I'm there just to um, hold the space of you are seen and you are whole, you are heard and you are held, you know? And I think it's just such a beautiful way to tap out of the judgment and the criticisms and the fast pace and the crazy and the, and the fear and the scarcity and the grief and the sadness and all those hard things that come with life and a place to reflect and renew and, you know, just be, you know? So those are my, those are my thoughts on girl boss versus girl rest. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, where are you on the spectrum of maybe frenzy, fiery activity uh, versus, you know, the soft, grounded, steady stillness or rest, right? And 
And really, sometimes I think there, it's a striving of balance, right? Because depending on where, you know, what you desire for your life of what you want to create, we might need to need an extra dash of fire. Sometimes we just need an extra dash of earth. Maybe we need a little, you know, whisper of air or a, you know, splash of water. You know, all of it is part of all of it, right? And we get to just look at this as, you know, how do I want to move? How do I want to move? How does my body want to move? How do I want to embody and express in a way that feels right for me? And that sometimes requires a lot of undoing of patterns And sometimes that requires a lot of undoing of paradigms. And sometimes that requires a lot of undoing of just, you know, tolerating and enduring. You know, I'm the queen of endurance. I'm the queen of tolerating. Sometimes I catch myself tolerating or enduring something and I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Right? It's like I yank myself out of my own pattern, you know, but now I get to see it. Because I'm creating new patterns and new ways for myself. And you can too. You can too. It's just a choice of what, what do you know, what no longer is working and what do you now require? How do you want it to look? Right. And not at the cost of making money. Right. And so not, and this, this is definitely not, wasn't about money, but I do want to say sometimes I think that because I do work with a lot of healers and, healing arts practitioners and body workers and, um, you know, transformational coaches and, and people who really want to make uh, an impact on the world through their mission, right? Their calling. Um, and one thing that I find is that they feel like it's one or the other, right? That they're, they're giving up how to make money because their relationship with money is so piss poor, really. I mean, it's really a bad relationship. And I just want you to know that you don't have to have, you don't get to, it's not one or the other. You can have it all. You can have it all, right? You can be in this nourishment of your body and nourishment of financially being able to support yourself and to grow and to overflow and to thrive, And it does require you to, you know, recreate some repairings, you know, with, with probably money and the ideas of that. Um, but we'll save that for another, another episode. (laughs) Okay. I hope that you have a beautiful week. I will see you next Tuesday and I feel complete. I hope you do too. And bye for now. 